You're an episode behind, Buttercup. I am, I am. I'm the virgin. You're easy. So you will learn things you didn't realize about your, your friends. You do do that, though. Yeah. I, <laughs> I said do-do. <laughs> I admit, Cog made a mistake. No. So fifth lever. 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 You yeah. want me to tell, yeah, a, yeah, story. tell a story? You gotta force fun. sugar yeah. daddy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and... <laughs> Listen to podcasts like this. List, yeah, th this is a great resource. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Roll with the Party, brought to you by the Bakery Crew. I'm Ken. I'm Mike. I'm Jeff. I'm Lisa. And this is now episode seven. This is episode seven. Wow. Oh, it's a party. Whoever knew. Yeah, I didn't think we'd get past episode one. I didn't think you'd show up for this many. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the one that's running it. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, you know. No comment. He's busy. No comment. Yeah. He has kids. Got, he has yeah. a life. Yeah. I got I got lots of stuff going on. You do? Forget about it. Uh, Can't talk uh, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, forget yeah. about it. You ask me questions. So what are we going to talk about today? Uh, today we are going to roll initiative. Okay. Um, and let's just get that. Let's get going, man. I'm feeling it. good. I'm feeling ready hey, we to we had talk. something to finish from the last episode, didn't we? Uh, I don't think so. Did we? No, we finished. Didn't you finish? Oh, did you finish your topic? Because what, what at this? Oh, that's right. You said on the next. Yeah, that's episode uh, six. Oh, okay. That isn't released yet. Gotcha. You're an episode behind, Buttercup. I am. I am. Wow. Yeah. Well, it I'm, should I'm be old. releasing I'm in the old. next couple of days. Days but... feel like years for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It should. All right. Well, Let's anyway, roll. we are going to roll initiative. And if you're new to roll with the party, what we do is we roll initiative and we figure out who gets to pick a topic. And yes. that's what we talk about. Oh, man, I rolled a six. I think I'm going, like, last. I got seven, the episode. Oh. I got a 20. I see. This is your second 20. It I'm is. over here getting poked. I got a 20. Uh, I got a 15. You got a 15? All right, well, it goes Mike, Jeff, Lisa, Ken. That is our order. Uh, prepare for battle. What do you got? You know, I really didn't want to go first. I sort of wanted to sit back and enjoy, but uh, I'll go first anyway. Somebody, one of our one of our listeners, one of the individuals that's on your Twitter. Yeah, Rachel. Yeah, Rachel, who's really nice. I looked at her Twitter. She seems awesome and unbelievably intelligent, especially since she listens to us. Well, she has to be unbelievably yeah, intelligent right. to listen exactly. to us, right? She was asking about how do you handle travel in a D and D game, and I, I get that. And at certain points, I, I did when I started out, uh, you know, thirty eight years ago, DMing. I did have problems with travel. Um, there's a lot of ways to handle that. I think in our group, in our game, we play day to day. We don't skip days. We don't even skip nights. We right. really do. We play mm -hmm. almost. We play 24 hours a day. Yeah, yeah. Which is good and bad, and it, that's why one session is basically a day. Yeah. You know, but that's all right. Um, travel for us is handled a little more arduously than I think other people would handle it, and I think it depends on your group and how you actually want to play this. Um, also, we have fitted ourselves and, and outfitted ourselves with the ability to fast travel on our own. A couple of our group members have helms of teleportation. We have travel beads. Look that up if you want to. But they get expensive, so you have to have the gold. That's a good gold sink, too. Now, now to, be, to be fair, we play a pretty high-level group. High-level magic yeah. as well. And a high-level magic game. Right. So teleports aren't out of the question. Correct. Uh, every major city has a portal. Well, even in even in a, well, unless you say it, but even in a low magic game, all of the main cities do have a teleport circle. 
The only issue would be the difference would be the, the cost. Yeah, the price to the use The price it. would be up, yeah. But then again, uh, as maybe we talked about in another episode, there's not a lot to do with gold. Once you get gold, you really, there's what are you going to do with it? Laying yeah. it like Scrooge McDuck? Right. So um, the way that we do it is going to be different than any other game. I'm sorry I'm not answering it directly, but it's basically up to your style. I think that if you have the want to travel quickly, that you make it that way. If you don't have a fill-in and you don't have a little mini adventure or you don't you i'll tell you a little secret i'm going to give up some dm information i've never told anybody i use fast travel to determine characters alignments you know that no well, yeah. how does that work okay so you're going uh lisa uh jeff kenny on this great adventure to save this princess and she's a dragon's you know the one that's guarding her and you've made a plan how to get her and you you're going to be paid and uh, so you have to get from point A to point B, and it's going to be three days to get there. During that three-day travel, you're going to encounter an individual on the road that needs your assistance that's going to take your time. Now, you have to make decisions. You have to make choices. Uh, is this going to be something you're going to sidetrack yourself for to help this individual you're not going to get any pay for or any real reward? You know, let, let's just even say something real simple like a wagon without a wheel on it. You know, you're going to have to stop help them out, get the wheel back on the wagon. And that, for me as a DM, is going to sort of determine the alignment of the whole group because Kenny's going to say, no, we're not making any money there. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, let's keep going. There's a whole bunch of gold from that dragon. And then Jeff's going to be like, no, we should do it. We should help them. And I have no, the that's tools. Chip. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. No, you're going to say, hey, we have the tools, the technology, and yep. I'm a tinkerer, so I can so definitely Might fix. as well do it. <laughs> Matter of fact, while we're doing it, I'm going to make the other three wheels just as good. Yeah, that's, that's, good. Yeah, that's what he's going to do. And that, but see, that doesn't really determine his alignment. That more determines, that gives him role-playing potential. And then Lisa's character, depending on which one she's playing, she's either going to be like, uh, fuck this guy, uh, or let's go, let's do this, let's help. Okay, cool. I'll pull the wagon myself, you know. So that's sort of like an insight a little bit of information and I like that little bit of adventure on the side and if you really want to be inventive you could have like a plot hook for an upcoming adventure hidden in there somewhere you know you can do the uh, I escaped this village um, you know they had me in the basement you know <laughs> I mean there's a lot how, how do you handle it Ken how would you handle fast travel uh, well fast travel I, I will pick fast travel anytime I have the opportunity to do yeah. so um, with just about any of my characters, regardless of their alignment. I like to get places fast. I like to, to do the jobs. I'm not big. I've never been big on random encounters. Okay. Um, I know that's a thing in Dungeons yeah, & Dragons. Yeah, massive. And it's a cool thing. Um, it's never really been one of my favorite parts of it. If if I play a game and the DM wants to run a bunch of random encounters, okay, I'm there for it. It's never been my choice. Uh, as far as regular travel goes, I think a good rule is if your speed, if the average speed of the party is is 30 for the characters, mm -hmm. that's, what, 30 feet in, in action? I just like to say, okay, you can move, what, is it? Oh, you like to get math on it. Yeah, is it, like, what, three miles in a day? No, it'd be no, no, 30 miles like, in a day. It's something, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's tables if, for yeah. that. And, and it depends the horse, if you have a draft horse, a riding horse. It can get very complicated. Yeah, I think... Just to keep it simple, I like to dumb that stuff down. Mm -hmm. 30 miles in a day. If you're walking, 40 miles in a day if you're riding a horse. Yeah, that's a lot, though. Yeah. I mean, and it's you're not necessarily walking on good roads. You're yeah. not necessarily walking through suitable terrain. Yeah, but it keeps it simple and it keeps it easy to remember. The only problem with that is if you look at any of the maps of 
let's take uh, uh, Turil, mm-hmm. for example, because we play there, and yeah. I know a lot of people play there. Things are really far away from each yeah. other. The world is huge. The world is absolutely huge, and it's almost like you're pigeonholed into one section of the world, like the Sword Coast. It could take you weeks weeks just to get up the Sword Mm -hmm. Coast. Mm -hmm. That's why I like fast travel. There are so many cool places in Mm Turil. If I'm playing in a game, I want to visit. Now, when I say I'm playing in a game, I'm talking about we've been playing our game for like four years and probably haven't even explored half of Turil. Exactly. But I want that opportunity all that good good stuff is out there. All those cool places uh, as a DM to set an adventure. I don't think I answered the question very well at all. I just sort no, of no. went off on a few no. tangents. Uh, Lisa, Lisa, let's go to you. So in terms of travel, for since I'm the virgin when it comes to being a DM, I'm the only one at this table that's never done it before. Yet. Yet. Wouldn't it be simpler to just be like, so it's going to take, they said it's going to take about a two-day ride. And just leave it at that. When I heard you doing that, I was like, God, that's too much math. To be like, okay, there's 60 miles to this, and our average walking speed is 30 feet per round. And But people if, do that, though. Oh, that's got to be that's, exhausting. We've played with people that do that. And, you know, you throw that in there because some quests have time limits, and part of the adventure and part of the challenge is figuring out the best way to get there and for me again that's the decision making do you stop and help that person even though that quest is on a time limit i get that but yeah i'm with you i don't i don't like figuring the travel stuff out. but if you're traveling through goblin territory lisa do you expect to have an encounter with goblins i'm not saying you would or wouldn't have an encounter i'm just talking about the semantics of travel itself i get it just do you calculate? Do you do the math? Do you do the engineering thing and do the math? Jeff would. Do yes, you do. Wouldn't you? Yeah. You do it anyway. Or do you, you do just or do you just dumb it down for the rest of us and say it's going to take about two days, give or take? So I'm going to take a slightly different tact, and I think it it varies depending on what level you're at in the game. Lower level characters aren't going to be teleporting all around the world, so they are going to slog it out. Walk from location to They're location, in the rain. ride to location yeah. to location. Yeah. They are going to encounter monsters mm-hmm. or, or just standard wildlife. But then I like to think about it too. When you get to higher levels, not only do you gain access to those ways to move faster, but also the stuff in the wilderness is scared of you. That's why you don't encounter it as much. So you can just say, it took you two days to travel there. And it's okay to do that because... The bear is not going to attack you. They just have a sense that you have a bunch of magic items. They're not going to come anywhere near your campfire. So you don't have those encounters that you used to have when you were level one and the wizard only had one magic missile to fire at a bear. And otherwise, yeah. you're I not n- dangerous. I never thought of it that way at all. That's actually a really cool way to think of it. So I think you need more of that random encounters and travel early in your game. And then you need to find faster ways because it does become a slog. It just... And I don't think it's necessary. Well, look at the ways we have to travel. We have teleports from a from a helm. Right. We have beads. We have a flying ship. You we have, have a griffin. We have a, I, yeah, but I don't. We've usually, got horses. We have horses. Even if we don't have horses, Conjured we horses. have we have druids <laughs> that yeah, can you know, conjure, conjure horses. horses. You yeah. got a rug that can steal horses. Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah. That's not, we we try not to do that. The paladin <laughs> you try. Says. Not the paladin says yeah. Oh, tell us that story about when you stole the horse. I was oh. just thinking of that. This was <laughs> Hank's was my favorite first game. Uh, in fact, I was DMing. The, well, yeah, I was DMing, yeah, DMing the game. Yeah, and uh, this was your first introduction to Hank. 
um, as a NPC, the group decided they needed horses. And they said, all right, we need five horses. And Mm -hmm. Hank says, all right, I can go get the horses. Everybody give me the money. So everybody gives Hank the money, and he goes and steals the horses. Keeps the money. And keeps the money. And comes back and says, all right, I got the horses, guys. And nobody ever knew any better. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. Good times. That's basically my answer to that question. And uh, I'm sorry if none of us did give an exact answer. I think it's basically up to you as the DM. I think it's if you want to include weather, environmental effects, surroundings, and or introduce subplots or other little things that you could add to the game that would help them in a future game. We have so much to do right now with our characters that if I added anything more, it would just get lost in the shuffle. I think we only ever use weather for plot. Well, we, we've been like on boats lately, so weather has been weather has yeah. been detrimental to us. Yeah, and weather has slowed us down getting from point A to point B. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, the flying ship, especially. I remember we've been in headwinds and we've had yeah. rain and All stuff right. like that. That's a good point. So, I mean, weather has been a minor. Uh, you know, I, I like to include weather when it is important to detrimenting the group. Yeah, you, you love know. to include things when they're important to yes. detrimenting yeah. the group. But that's my answer. Yeah. Who's up next? All right, uh, next is Jeff. All right, so I was just taking a look at our actually getting longer, pretty lengthy list of topics. The one I'm going to go with is uh, troublesome players. How to deal with troublesome players oh. in your game. Wow. I figure we've got wow. the DMs here. Let's just dig straight in. We'll, uh, you know, change names, know. change per- faces. How do you deal with me? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I'll let Mike answer that since you know he's what? the master I'll, of it. I'll say what I said when I met you. You're easy. No. <laughs> wow. You really want to die today, don't you? I'm going to step away from the table. Ah, uh, yeah, roll to strike. <laughs> you, were, you were probably one of the best, uh, easiest people to deal with in the game that I think we've ever had. And I think that's because you played before, you realized that you weren't um, necessarily the individual that we were looking for. Seriously, because we weren't, again, we'll go back to the last episode, women. We never had women come down there. So you yourself, you wanted to you wanted to be the best player you possibly could be. And you were, you were very, very good at what you do. So I think that you tried to learn as much as you could. You didn't talk over other people. You read. I remember the first character you made. You read every book you could read. You researched on the internet. Um, you're not a troublesome player. We have had troublesome players. We've okay. had we've had troublesome groups. Yeah. And I will tell you that I'm a better player now than I was for 20 years because of the people we have now. Mm-hmm. We played in a game for a very long time that it in a lot of moments was player versus player we played yeah. a lot of pvp yeah. if it wasn't attacking outright it was i'm going to plot against this part mm-hmm. person in the party oh, yeah. so i can get ahead we don't do that at our game now no, no. and it is a million times more fun uh-huh. it is a million times more fun we don't have a trouble player right now we have some people that get grumpy and some people that get tired and nobody's thrown hands though no, nobody's we, thrown hands. We have had people that have fought each other physically. Well, if that's what you want to call <laughs> yeah. it. Okay, it's nerd fighting. It was. We had, we've had some crazy I'm gonna, times. I'm going to go off the rails here for a minute and say, I actually didn't mind that. <laughs> well, of here's why. Yeah, because you like a little bit of chaos. Yeah, I love chaos. He loves the drama. He's well, there one, for the drama. One, I like the fact that they were so invested in the story that they got 
so aggravated and mad and angry that stuff didn't go their way. And that, you know, honestly, like we'll say left turn Jeff here. Okay. When a character messes up a plan that they've sat down and did for like 45 minutes to an hour, and it's a simple mess up that everybody at the table staring at them, you have to be an adult. You have to realize it's just a game when it comes down to it. We're really not pushing it. We're not trying to be individuals that cause issues. We're trying to be nice. We're trying to be neighborly. You know, and, and it, but we'll bust your balls. We're, we, we'll continue to bust oh, Jeff's balls yeah, forever. That's, yeah. You know, but we played with people to be, that would have had a litany of swear words that would have thrown stuff at Jeff. We, we did, you know, and they would take it personally, you know, that their plan was ruined by somebody going the wrong way. So, Jeff, since this was your topic, prior to this game, did you ever have any difficult players that you had to deal with? I've, I've had difficult players in other games that I've played in. Uh, the first thing I would say is you need to, the DM, has to interview the people you're bringing into your group. Absolutely. You need to say what kind of game you're running, explain that, figure out what that person wants to start their character out and kind of a general character arc for them, and see if that fits in your world. So right off the bat, that interview process is going to determine whether that person's going to jive with the group that you're putting together. Sometimes people are in their best behavior, Jeff. And I was going to say, the other thing is, if you're playing with, <laughs> even if you're playing with friends and you've all known each other for years, you're going to learn stuff by getting to this game because like, little yes. personality ticks yep. are going to come out of people just because you're spending time together and they're, they are doing, that's how they play. So you will learn things you didn't realize about your, your friends. Uh, with that, I'm going to say you do need to... Uh, the more adult you are, it needs to be brought up. You know, the DM needs to take that person aside uh, and explain the situation, explain that it's annoying X other players, and please knock it off, or you need to justify why your character is being a complete jerk. And it better be a good reason, or it's just, it's just going to continually cause problems. And then you need to monitor. And I'm coming from, I'm a manager uh, at, at a lab, and I have employees, and it's just, you know, it's people issues. So if you don't manage them up front, it's just going to fester, and that's it the snowballs. problem. When it, when it yeah. festers and it snowballs, that's when you end up with the conflicts of, mm -hmm. yeah, the nerd fight and, and, and people getting really ticked off. I admit, Cog made a mistake. No, we're, we're getting busted I, involved. I, I forgot the direction. Now, I will say the plan was week week A, and then the execution was week B, but that was besides. Yes, but you're a Mensa <laughs> member, so you should be able to remember a I little, forgot. little okay. plan. But even that, I did it. It's fun. Everyone comments on it. It was just something that happened. Well, I, I like so. it when people screw up. Mm -hmm. I do, because I see that as an opportunity to play. That's where you get some of your best role Experience playing. Experience points, too. Yeah. Is when a plan goes yeah. awry. But right. it also gives Cog now another thing to develop his character. Everyone's right. going to be like, Cog, remember. You're right from you're your left. You're going this way. We're going to put the big R on your leg, just like, you know, the surgeon. <laughs> well, i, I got to be honest. I'm going to interrupt again. But if he would not have rolled that one roll on that giant table that you did roll, the rest of it was all goodbye character. There was no keeping a character see, through that. I'm okay with that too. I get it. I don't care if I That's lose fine. my character in a badass way. I've said this before. I think that I wasn't said this a in episode way. one. You'd have got a little wet. Yeah. And dead. It would have been fighting a Dracolich. Yeah, Dracolich. That's pretty cool. Okay. But I would have been upset. Well, I have to be honest. I'd have given you tissues. Yeah, I know. I, I would have <laughs> cried to them. Trust me. Trust me. So on the flip side of that, since you're all DMs, what do you do with a problem DM? What does a player do? To combat against a problem dungeon master. I DM the DM. 
That's what I do. That's what a problem player does. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. No, you're not wrong. Yeah, I become a problem player. Yeah. No, you're you're 100% right. But I, I don't become a problem player where I'm sticking his nose in it. But if they want to, I don't play that game. If I have a DM that's a jerk, I, but what do you mean by problem DM? Somebody that's mean? Well, I have to say, like, one of my favorite subreddits in the whole world is RPG Horror Stories. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much a 75-25% mix where 75% of it is players saying, my DM is doing this, my DM is doing that. Being a female player, and the DM starts hypersexualizing your character, or they introduce introduce things like rape into it. That's so common that you Mm. see on those horror stories where people are like, what can I do? I love playing the game. This is all my friends, but this DM is just gross. Well, personally, if I was a woman, I would take that individual aside and let them know that, unfortunately, that struck a chord with me, that uh, that that is not a place for fiction. You should not have that in your game, that I didn't appreciate it. You, You try talking first. And then after that, um, you can talk to your fellow players. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, if you don't like the game and you don't like the DM, there's a lot of games out there. You shouldn't have to put up with that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. The other thing is, um, if you if you get a sense that the DM is, say you've been running a campaign, not maybe as many years as we have, but you've run a campaign for a year, year and a half, if the you can sense that the DM's getting tired of the campaign, because mm-hmm. all of a sudden they will be essentially trying to kill your characters. Um, really? That is something you... <laughs> stop it. That, that is something you want to to definitely address. And then, you know, after, you know, out of game, you need to bring up, are you done with this campaign? And then you need to have a chat as a group. Do we want to wrap this up? That's well or does someone else need to take over for a right, while right. so they don't have to DM? They get a mental and that's break. actually one of the other bigger problems is there are people that just get you know, tired of being the DM. You kind of feel like you're always put upon to run the game. There's some people that really enjoy it. We are lucky that we have a few people to spell Mike from time to time and allow him to play so he doesn't get that. So, um, you know, there's a couple different things you can do there. That's well said. What about you, Ken? Problem DMs, uh, again, I'm not kissing Mike's butt, but I've never really had that issue. He's been my uh, the one of the only DMs I think I've ever played under we, we've um, played some games outside we did we played a one shot that guy did good though he was terrific yeah. it was problematic but see i think he wanted to cry after we were done yeah <laughs> you know, not we might have been problem so, players well, well let's tell that story real quick we ended up we ended up having the whole region under our thumb we owned everything there was nothing you could plan that, yeah in the matter of four hours yeah yeah we we, we figured fit, out all the yeah. puzzles, and everybody just basically sat there. And never even had to kill anybody. But here's the thing, like Lisa just said, and we're talking about, I think we were the problem players. Yeah. Now, if you think about it, yeah. we were the people that hogged the spotlight. We said, no, don't do that. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, I think we were two problem players. Yeah. Did he ever DM again after that? Yeah, he did. But not for us. Not for us. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like he killed himself or anything. It's just, yeah, it's just, not for us. Yeah, I mean, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I think we were problem players. So now players. That, that does give me an epiphany that... But know. again, that's back when we were playing in the game where it was every man for himself. No, but we joined up together, and yeah. we saw the DM as an enemy. Yeah, but we had, 
we had both played regularly yes. in our normal in game. In a hardcore game. Where it was hardcore yeah. rules. Right. And it was every man for themselves. So that was our mentality mm-hmm. going into just about any other game. And these were all strangers except one other people that we were with. We yeah. never even met them. I want to say that Derek and Kim coming into the group and Derek's outlook. Um, I miss him. I miss him a lot. Yeah. His outlook really helped me relook at things. Mm-hmm. Um because he was definitely a I'm going to do what I want to do type of player. Yes. But it wasn't at the cost or he wasn't he didn't go to to sabotage anyone. No. He he him coming into our game really changed my my idea of how you can create conflict but not be at conflict. Well, I got a question for Lisa. What do you think's worse, a problem player or a problem DM? Because yeah. I knew the end. Yeah, yeah. You no, can kick a player on out. If you're the DM or yeah, the player. Kick, I, well, <laughs> I think a problem DM is way worse. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I would agree because you know it's the it's the view of the single versus the view. You're of messing the with their vision. Yep. Yeah, yeah. A problem player, you could just be like, get out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm soft in my old age. It's even hard to do that. Yeah, it's hard to get rid of. Trust me, it's hard to get rid of people. It, it's. Uh, I have a real hard time, like back in the day, like I said, when we played our hardcore We game, just kept killing their character. I'd have no problem killing another PC in their yeah. sleep. Yeah. But now, I couldn't do that to any of you guys. I no. just couldn't. It's and like then family. come down and try and play again the next week with you. That's yeah. why Cog doesn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to sleep, trust me. Always oh, keeps one eye open. That's true. But uh, that was a good topic. I like that. Yeah, uh, Lisa, you're next. Okay, so why don't we talk about the idea I came up with today which is how much input should a DM have in a player's character's development? Well, that's uh, oof. Um, you first, because I got. I'll, I'm going to take over this shit. Go for it. I think that it should be minimal, at best. I get. Uh, you see the person's character. If it's too OP, you have a conversation with them about, you know, you really should, let's let's damper this down a bit so that you're at your level because a level one character, like we said before, isn't going to have an epic backstory and a plus five holy Avenger. That's just not how things work in this world. Oh, but why not? Because that's not how things work in this world. True. <laughs> but, you know, in that terms where you're guiding the player and making sure that uh, they're not trying to uh, OP and be the solo hero of the story. Yes, that's where I think the DM should intervene. Otherwise, no. I think that uh, that takes the fun away from it. If you're telling somebody they can't be this and they can't be that. Well, my campaign, I want only humans with somebody who likes to play elves or has only played dwarves and choke holding them into their creativity kind of sets a poor tone for the game. What do you guys think? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here. I think that, again, this comes to the DM and the group. Uh, they need to discuss what type of game they want. Session and zero. You need to, yeah, session zero. You need to figure out, do I want to be in there? Uh Right before we started to talk about this, before we started recording, when we stopped ourselves, but I was, I was saying, you know, if you're running a low magic campaign and then everybody in the group wants to be a wizard or a warlock, it's going to be weird that you have this group of extremely ridiculously rare characters in the world uh, going around casting magic everywhere when no one else has it. What um, if it was... That might be the story hook, so yeah, maybe that, you do want to do that. That could be. But it. that yeah. could not work. Uh, the other thing... Uh, I think this goes back to a topic we did man, in like episode one or two. 
uh, about player knowledge versus character knowledge and also watching out for people who want to min-max things. Mm-hmm. You can play... That's me. Yeah, you can rule... You know, I'm a rules lawyer, I'll admit. You can min-max things. Uh, my artificer, you can get oh a... Oh, my God. If, yeah. I, if I wanted to be a ridiculous, I could build up to a really, really high AC and be like, only natural 20s can hit me. And, of course... I'm okay with that. I was about to say, with Mike's yellow die, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> my point is, in a normal game, that would... You know, really, you would never get hit. I get almost, you would almost never get hit. And so I turn that off. I don't do that stuff. I know, nope, this is going to be over overkill. Yes, I am the person that goes out and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. How would you do that? And then I'll be yeah, like, that's I, really cool. No, I'm not going to do it because that'll just ruin our game. So I think it's it's a little bit of both. You need to You need to figure out what type of character you want to be you need to work with your dm but then also you need to realize if you start doing that kind of min maxing stuff you are going to take over your game and it's going to ruin it for other people correct well um i think personally the dm should have a massive amount of input in the characters that come into the game uh they he should out of game talk to everybody about what kind of game they want to run they should decide how long the game's going to be is this a one shot because then it really doesn't matter is this going to be a campaign that goes on for years? Because that's when it becomes very important that you plan out who your character is. You don't need a big backstory; that's fine, but you do need to have an opening for a background. I like to plan. I like to say, "Okay, Kenny, you're human. You're from this region. Um, your parents are still alive. You had a brother. He worked for a king in this region." And then that's about it. If you want to add some color to it, that's cool. But see, then that gives me seeds for plots later on. Because, hey. If we're playing for years like we do, you're going to get tired of your character. I don't care what you bring in. Okay, we have to roll up stats when we roll up a character. So it doesn't matter how cool you think you are, or how min-maxed you think you've done, or how power gamer you think you are, you're not gonna beat me. You're not. I'm the DM, I make it rain, I make it snow, things appear, things break, life happens. Thieves get you while you're sleeping, even if you don't sleep, they steal your stuff. Um, there's really, you are in charge of everything. So if you're a competent DM, you don't have to worry about a player and what he or she wants to do. Now, like you said, and, and Lisa, you, Jeff, and Lisa, if you have a vision for the game, all mages or all humans or all dwarves, and then somebody rolls in and wants to play a gnome, you know, or whatever, a fighter, if you're all mages, you have to sit down as a group and discuss why that's either good or bad. And, you know, again, if there's one fighter and five mages, that fighter's the guy that's going to be in the front, giving the mages time to cast. It's not all bad. You can spin anything. You can make people happy about crap on the ground, okay? And it doesn't matter what you are, you can always find adventure in a character. So you could have no character class and still, you know, be a peasant and and have adventure. You can't. It's just about imagination. Again, though, I think the DM should have a massive amount of input because he's the writer of the story. So it's his vision. If you don't have a vision, people will walk over you. People will min-max you. People will control your game. People will overshadow your other players. And you don't want that to happen. So you have to have a map, a roadmap, or some control over the game. I think that... I'm going to change my answer because my answer walking into this was 
the DM should have minimal control over uh, a character development. Did I convince you? Yes, but not in the way you think. Not oh, in your okay. argument just now. I was okay. thinking about the years and years of playing with you. I think that the DM should have as much input as needed per player. Because I've seen some players walk in and say, Hey, Mike, I want to play this character, this race, this class, this subclass with this background and this these plot hooks, and this is what I want to do. And you're like, that's great. I can work with that. And that's all that's ever needed. And then you have some characters that are like, uh, I want to play an elf. Wizard. I want to play an elf, <laughs> but I don't, I don't really know where they're from. And, and I don't really know. And you're like, okay, well, how about they're from here? And how about they have this? And you give input as needed. That's well said. Um, as far as character development, once the characters are rolled up, once they're playing in the game, um, once the game gets started, I don't think there should be much input from the DM as far as character development goes. Uh, character creation, sure. Character development, minimal. Um, let's say that you're playing a rogue and all of a sudden they want to be ah oh, you know what I want to multi-class into fighter oh or, I'm sorry that was a bad example I want to multi-class into mage or wizard all right in, in 5e you can just snap your fingers and say okay you're a wizard here next level you're you're a wizard you take one level of spells that's kind of unrealistic not necessarily in our game and yeah. not really in our game it's well who taught you right you know wizards go to school for years um Maybe we'll fast track that a little bit, but you're not getting off that easy. So yeah, the DM would play a little bit of a role there uh, as far as character development. And if if it didn't fit into the overall arc of the DM story, I could see him pulling that person aside and saying, hey, look, I have a plan. I have this story coming up. It's not a good time to multi-class into Wizard right now. And I would hope that the player would be able to understand that and that you'd be able to work things out. Um, you're, Lisa, you're the one that, that's seeing these horror stories. Maybe I'm just not thinking of it the right way. Can you give me an example of a... A bad DM? A DM taking too much control? Because we know you don't know I, what a bad DM looks like. I'm guessing, well, she knows what three look like. You're right. <laughs> Can you give me an example of a DM putting too much control over it or a DM not putting enough control there was a particularly funny story where uh, it was a start with amnesia. And everybody got a blank character sheet. And they were like, okay, well, that's cool. We'll figure it out as we go along. And they, they said, this is what I want to be. And this is what I want to do. And that they'd slowly work towards gaining their memories back. Well, the DM literally like scrapped everything that they developed for their amnesia characters and said this is my game you're gonna play what i want you to play yeah so that should have been handled in session zero right <laughs> but that sounds like a phenomenal game i would yeah, play that uh, game that dm sounds like a control freak but i was gonna yes. say is that if that's not what you wanted to play i could see where people would despise that because you went in with this vision and then it just got trashed yeah. uh, i could see players just being like that's not a game i do not want to spend my free time doing that kind of game yeah, like somebody wanted to be a tabaxi, and, but they looked at their hands and there was no fur. And they were like, what? And they said, no, I don't want you to be that. You're going to be an elf. Huh. You, you just said control freak. Yeah. Don't you think that's, and I'm, I'm not dissing any of us or any other DM out there, but don't you think that's a common character trait in a good dungeon for master? A DM? No, not for a good dungeon master. A controlled controller. 
a flight attendant. Yeah, you you sit <laughs> here. Yeah, the bar, she exits her here, here, and here. There will be no food on this flight, but you will get a drink. But don't you think the nerds out there, and I mean that with the utmost respect, nerds. Because we're nerds. Don't too. you think the nerds out there that have that little bit of extra managerial experience or control oh, we could get into tendencies? Introvert versus yeah, extrovert and all that think, kind of stuff. Don't Obviously, you think they lead probably. more towards the DM seat? Yes, but no. They're going to lean more towards the individual that wants to be in charge of the group more than a DM. Because there's no consequences for leading the group. There's consequences and work for being the DM. That kind of control freak, I think I find him being the person that says, I know better than you do. Okay? I get it. Okay? I get it. I don't see them as the person that spends the, not, not that I do, but spends hours outside of the game preparing everything for everybody else so they can enjoy a game. You do do that, though. Yeah. I, <laughs> I said do-do. <laughs> I, I think what Lisa was talking about, and that's a phenomenal analogy, is an individual that all of a sudden woke up and said, no, do it my way. And do it my way doesn't really work for being a dungeon master. You have to let them do it their way. Because you already know the right way to do it, you have to make sure your player characters find the right way to get whatever they need accomplished. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm a fan. I'm yeah. a fan of this conversation. I could talk about this for... For a lot longer um, but I think we're going to move on yeah and I think Kenny it's your turn it is my it is. turn uh, let's stick with uh, gaming mechanics I'm going to go with do you like to multi-class why or why not now Mike this, this is a thing that we really should have had Rob here for <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh my god well well Lisa why don't you uh, and I know this is Kenny's topic but tell us about why you brought that up about Rob because Rob has Four? Five. Five, 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 five. classes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah. That just seems exhausting. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But you know what? It's It worked later on. It did not work in the beginning. Uh, I don't know if it worked. Does Rob listen to this? Who knows? Who cares? Yeah, I don't think it worked. Rob, I'm sorry. Uh, see, I do, Rob. I don't. I don't think it worked. I think uh, Rob worked. Yeah, he's good at playing. He's a good player. Yeah, I think Rob worked. I don't. I wouldn't want anyone else to do that. That goes back to my: if you're playing a peasant and you're still a good player or good role player, yeah, you can play a good peasant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So good, uh, so. Lisa. You don't have a multi-class in no. your character. Uh, so tell me, tell me, what do you think? Do you like multi-class? Is it something you do? No, it's not really something that I'm interested in. Like, I understand people's points where they go, oh, well, I'm a really good paladin. I'm going to take a couple in fighter. I'm going to take a couple in this and try to optimize my character in the best way. I want to take that one class to the max. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. You want to get that level 20? Yeah. Like, yeah. Da -na -na. yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely want the Triforce. Well, Kenny, tell them about our game. Tell them we don't go just to level 20. No, well, yeah, you don't go to just a level 20. You can go past 20. We have an epic... A prestige or epic class. Yeah. Yeah. You can stick with the same class because we've got the epic, uh, which we'll have to mention it at some point. Yeah, what book is that? Who uh, writes that book? Uh, I don't know. We'll get back to you. We'll yeah. update you on the Twitter about that, where we got that book. So what I wanted to mention was that uh, I think dual classing works if that's what you intend to do. There are some very powerful builds... Where you take two classes, you take four or five levels in one class, like fighter, uh, the fighter mage would be a big one. You take four or five levels in fighter to get those extra attacks, to get those extra feats, 
but then you take uh, you know all of the wiz rest of the things in wizard. You are giving up those high level things unless you do something like go beyond twenty uh, in some way, shape, or form. But there's some really neat things you can do to balance two classes off of each other. I have not seen that in three or more. So uh, if someone wants to develop a character and and do two classes, as long as you have a plan, I think it works well. If you just do it because, hey, I think I want to learn to cast a few spells, uh, so I'm going to have my fighter take one level and mage just to see what it's like, I don't think that works. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. All right, Mike just grabbed that book for us. It's called The Epic Legacy Core Rulebook, The Ultimate Guide to the Epic Level 5th Edition. It is phenomenal. 5e compatible. It's produced by 2C Gaming authored by Ryan Service. Phenomenal. S-E-R-V-I-S. The only flaw to this book is something that Cog will, will bring up in a second because he's pointing at me. There is no artificer in there. But this book will take you to level 30. This book will take you all the way up to wherever you need to go and beyond. Um, we enjoy, see, because we have such a long run game, I don't want Lisa's character to go to 20 and her just to decide, well, that's all I can do. You know, there is more you can do at 20. I get that. And, and the old games, I don't know, you guys aren't even old enough to have played. When you were level 20, they said in like second edition and third edition, you were godlike. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you were pretty nasty. Well, 3.5 started getting away with, from that. There was yeah. the epic, there was prestige le class, epic prestige levels class. book. There yeah. was the legacy book. And then also there is uh, in the DM guide uh, for anyone who hasn't read cover to cover like I'm doing. Boons. Uh, there are boons, yeah. yes. So there are things set up that even without this book, you can kind of develop that what mm -hmm. happens past 20. Um, you got to watch because you can, that's where you can make things a little too ridiculous. But so at that's that why level, you, you, you want to start keeping track be, of what you do. You're going to be fighting dragons at that level. You're going to be fighting other warlords that are kings that have armies. You know, yeah, it's supposed to be ridiculous. It's supposed to be ridiculous. Agreed, but you shouldn't be giving out boons every session. No. They, they need no, to be no. like right. running levels. Yeah. They're, After uh, you get another 50,000 experience points, you get a boon. Right. Um, Lisa, I don't think you're ever the kind of person that would want to split off to another class no matter what it was. That's correct. I think you are just like, I'm going to be a ranger, I'm staying a ranger, and a ranger forever, ride or die. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm a min-maxer, I'm a planner, I, but I don't, I don't go crazy like Rob did. I'm a fighter paladin, only because I know that I'm going to take him as far as I possibly can, and I've gotten the things from fighter that I needed. The extra attack, the action surge, um, you know, I, I got all of the stuff when I needed it, you know, second wind, da-da-da-da-da, and I think it's made my guy tougher to kill. And I wanted to make him basically a, a tank, and he is. Um, I, I do believe, like you said, Fighter Mage. Uh, and I think that is a phenomenal combination, because it's the only way you can cast two spells in one turn. Yeah, I, I stay away from wizards. I get it. I get it. But Cog is... Uh, Cog, I, I see Cog going another class someday. I just do. That's what you see. I don't intend to. Okay. I do intend... I be, Well, it's because in this edition... Level 20 for Artificer is it's ridiculous. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see if I ever get there. But, right. Uh, but there is some really nice stuff when you get towards the higher levels in Artificer. You, you've never really multi-classed. Here's the thing. I want to. I'm afraid to. <laughs> and I know that sounds ridiculous. But it gets real complicated. 
no, as far as it gets not complicated. And and with fifth edition, you can play a rogue that casts a few spells. Yeah, yeah. You can play a fighter that casts a few spells. And every class can heal. <laughs> yeah, every class has a well. Yes, even monk. And, and I want to add a little they aside have a healing here. Healing subclass. Yeah. There's there's a really nice feat in fifth edition called magic initiate. Mm-hmm. So for that person that really just wants to be able to cast a couple things, that can really work well into your story. Like you said, they don't have time to go. Uh, spend a year or two with a mage. Right. So they happen to learn some parlor tricks, and they can do prestidigitation. Well, I took Magic Initiate with my Arcane Trickster because I wanted a few more spells than what they get. So that's how I rolled my Arcane Trickster. He's very heavy in the magic feats to give him that little boost for his magic. Kenny, you know, because you made up this character, combine a cleric with a specific kind of... Uh, thief, take those two. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, come if on. you do a grave cleric yeah. and an assassin thief, say goodbye. You get a double crit, yeah. basically, and you get healing. You get phenomenal stealth. Yeah, you get the ability to wear regular armor or plate armor. You, no armor, basically leather armor, yeah. plate armor. Be just as defensive in both. I mean, <laughs> see, that's where I like. See, like again, uh, I'm a 40k player, so I always took all these like different things from the same army and mixed them together till there was the secret sauce. Yeah. And there's a lot of secret sauce. Uh, magic. Magic the Gathering. Uh, talk about combinations. That's, oh, yeah. That's really what drives me is making weird combinations that work. But that's where you have to have a plan. Yes. Because if you don't, you're going to get a level or two where things aren't, you didn't get quite there yet, so it doesn't work the yeah. way you want to. You stagnate. So you need to know that because... What you don't get the extra attack and fighter till fifth till fifth lever. So you n- need to know I have to stick with it to get what I want, because if you stop at level four, you just you're, wasted you're four screwed. levels right. and you didn't really pick up that much extra stuff. Well, no, fighter's the best. You get a couple things, but I'm just saying yeah. you might not fighter's get what second you level is what I recommend any martial character to do. Yeah, Take you, dip two and dip into two. Yeah, dip two to that. Because what do you get? Is that second wind? It gets you second wind, and and believe it or not, the hit dice help. Oh, okay. so you know, I mean, if you, if you if you want to be somebody up in front, you can now use any weapon. You could pick up any weapon and use it, because fighters can. Any yeah. shield. Yeah, you any can armor. Also, you can use armor. You can use plate armor. So whatever you find, you can put on. Um, you know, and, and in our game, it depends how you're playing. And DMs out there might yell at me. If you're a mage, okay, and you take fighter, and you go high enough into mage, and you take fighter, I'm going to let you wear plate armor and cast. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Know? Well, I mean, I guess you got to be a fighter first, right? Yes. Yeah. It yeah. just depends on how you play this, you know, um, but you're going to be able to have plate armor, and you're going to be able to cast. So there's a lot of, we have a very open sandbox world, but we have to have reasons we do those things. So I was just reminded that I am multi-class oh, with Lilith. You are. I am. Oh, I've got that a level wasn't. But that was uh, that wasn't your choice. That was your choice. Uh, you yeah. want me to tell yeah, yeah, story? Yeah. story. So this is all. This goes on in the fact that it's not my my journey with my player, but it's something that just happened to happen in the game. Uh, the same situation that we were in, where we keep ragging on poor Jeff about turning in the wrong direction. At one point, Havoc, who is played by Matt, got cut with a Vorpal sword, and when Mike rolled it, it literally split him in half. Now, Lilith had been saved by Krom a couple 
what sessions earlier. Yeah, about three or four. So I was like, okay, this is a latch stitch effort. I don't know if I could do this, but I'm going to try to pray to Crom to save him. And Mike was like, you have to roll a 100 well, you were flat basically, out period. You were basically trying to use a cleric's divine intervention. Yeah. Which they get at 1%. No, it was 1%. a zero wonder. It was a zero one. Zero one. You yeah. zero one. Because you need, it's like 1% per level yeah. up until 20th level. Right. And then you get it automatically, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But we'll get back to that. So, so I, I made the roll. Made a zero one. Because, on the table in front yes. of everybody. Be- and Ridiculous. I love, I have to say, I love situations like that. You could tell whenever you're a good DM and you're with good players, whenever you're so invested in that, everybody just started cheering. Uh, and the table it just, erupted. Yeah. Yeah. I love that kind of experience. But Crom did heal Havoc. Mm-hmm. And Mike was like, you are now one level cleric of Crom. Mm-hmm. Because you would be. It was meant to be. Yeah. I guess so. So see, like, it's not a path that I would have chosen for myself. That's, again, where a DM takes charge. Yes. You know, but that didn't detriment you. I would never do something to a player character. Well, no, I'm I'm lying. Never mind. I I shouldn't say that. Yeah, you absolutely have. definitely detriment a player character. Yeah. Because it builds character. Yeah. It just does. And if you can't take the heat, don't cook. Yeah, you took my swordsman's arm. But he overcame that. Oh, well, I kind of had to. Yeah. You well, blew you me up. Trust. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. You kind of deserved that. Well, no, it's no, you didn't. That that was part of a massive plot hook that eventually came through. We we really digressed though. But yeah, but it it did work and I hope you now Jeff I'm understand good. that I'm all good. You you do know the reason why you blew up, right? Yes, I know. Okay. I'm and it good. actually didn't work for the reason I thought it did. It actually took the individual who is working for him, Josh, for her, Josh. Josh works for the um, for Madame Greycloak. Madame Greycloak was behind you getting blown up. He was supposed to be okay with it, but he was actually upset and offended. He's more upset. Talk yeah. about a guy who holds a grudge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Holy right. cow. Which is good. I love that. Again, it's problems in the game that develop who you are. He's going to cause problems for the whole group if he keeps though. that grudge. That's okay, though. I tried talking to him. He's I like an like, old Italian Nona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember that shit for 60 years. He spits on the floor a lot and has a weird motion in your face. We just ran into her yes. a couple of games ago with Very my cool. character and Josh's character, yeah. and I tried telling him, hey, look, I'm the guy that deals with people. You're the guy that deals with killing people. I deal with manipulating people. So follow my lead here. Mm -hmm. Be cool. He didn't say a word to her. (laughs) He mean mugged her. He mean mugged her the whole time, and she caught on to it and was not happy. And I, oh, and my slippery rogue tried to do the best he could to smooth it over, but it was not working. So uh, that's about that. Anybody else have any input on that topic? No, No, multi-class is a thing that people do. I enjoy it. I like it. It is a thing. It is a thing. Yeah. I think it has a place in the game. And I think if you do it well and do it correctly and have some guidance and plan it out, don't just say blah, 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 blah. And just don't take stuff just because you think it looks cool and talk to your fellow players. Uh, That's the thing. If I was playing a game down there with you guys, not just DMing and playing, but if I was playing, I would have weekly strategy sessions. I really would. Yeah, but, you know, the c- control freaks never uh, uh, lend tend to go towards the no. DMC. <laughs> no, but I, but I would have weekly strategy sessions yeah. and be like, this is what we left the game with. 
and this is what we need to do when we come back. So if I decided in changing my character class to something else, I would be like, Ken, do we need a healer? Do you think, you know, what are we lacking? Are we lacking range? You know, because we are lacking range in the group right now. We massively. are. We are. So like if I was to change, it would be to a ranger or a fighter that was archery based. You know, so I mean, but that, that's how I as a player would be. I think multi-classing is phenomenal if used properly. See, I want to do it, but I have such a hard time saying, all right, well, at fifth level, I'm going to do this because who the hell knows where we're going to be when my character makes it to you fifth don't. level? You don't. Who the hell knows? And like Jeff said, in order to do it properly, and you said, uh, Mike, in order to do it properly, you have to have a plan and you have to stick to that plan. Well, I'm kind of a, I'll see what happens this week kind of guy. Like, I like to think on my feet. But I also just thought of something, too. They have put some juicy carrots in that 17 to 20 range, which makes you, on a, on certain yeah. ones, not want to Some of the character classes at 20, I'm not even going to mention them because I'll get hate uh, mail. Some of the character classes at 20, you wonder why you even played that character. Oh, it's them. stupid. You're yeah. right. Some yeah. of them are dumb. Oh, I but, could sparkle at night. But then you get the oh, clerics. That, that's getting added to the list. Don't worry. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> but then you get the clerics. Uh, divine intervention. Automatic success. Yes. I can fly that is with ridiculous. angel wings. Ridiculous. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. I haven't pulled it out much. No. no not I won't. yet. You will when you need to. When I need to. You yeah. like to sit on your specials until you need them. I had a spell that did that. When they put out the errata, was it? When they said, okay, now clerics are allowed to take these spells. Rangers are allowed to take these spells. Everybody got oh, like yeah. extra spells yeah. and stuff. And we decided as a group that we would either allow them or not allow them. And we voted to allow them. So I was able to take that spell. I can't re remember what it's called now. I don't play a cleric anymore. Yeah, I do that too. I focus on one character. That's it. I sort of forget the other. But then I have to remember all the NPCs' abilities, yeah. <laughs> which sucks. That's difficult to do. But it, I'd like to multi-class someday. I have a bunch of characters that I want to play. <laughs> that's the that's the good and bad part about D&D. &D. You play a character so long and you fall in love with them. But I got so many characters but I want to play. Your, your character won't multi-class into some characters. You're not going to become a wizard. You're not going to do that. You're, you're, you're rogue. You're not going to become no. a mage of any sort. That just isn't how you well, roll. I'm an arcane trickster. Yeah, I get it. And that's, I got my magic from there. No, I don't need to become a wizard or a warlock. That's or as much as you want to have. Yeah. And you're definitely, definitely not going to be a paladin because no. you have no want to do no. that. We're fighter. I don't yeah. want to fight You're not going to be a fighter. You want to be in the back. Um, cleric, maybe, but that's probably not. Nah. Maybe grave pack cleric. Maybe uh, not, not even that no? for this character. Okay. As cool as it good min-max as it would be, yeah. I wouldn't do it. So there really isn't many choices for you. No. Nope. You're not going to be an artificer. It just doesn't, you know, that's not going to happen. You know. I could see the only way I could see this character multi-classing is if he got stuck in a situation and had to make a pact. Like a warlock. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only, that's what I was going to I could say. see that being the only yeah. way because he would talk himself mine now. into a pact right. to stay alive. Yeah. You got to force fun. sugar yeah. daddy. Yeah. 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 Well. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have more power. Yeah, but then I got obligation, and That's Hank right. doesn't like obligation. Well, he would think that he could talk himself out of that obligation. Yeah, he would. Yeah, he would. He's a slippery, yeah, slippery guy. He wouldn't realize that you know, hey, this person's been down the the road before with people thought that was smarter than it. All right, guys, so I made it out of there alive. All we got to do is figure out a way to knock off Asmodeus. <laughs> yeah, we're just fine. It's for my new boss. <laughs> yeah, right. So, okay, what about uh, feats that help you kind of dip your toe into another That's class? That's what he was saying. 
Oh, yeah. So, like the magic initiate. Um, mm-hmm. The homebrew feat that mm-hmm. Trixie took that you allowed. It was a homebrew feat where I know thieves can't mm-hmm. and I have the ability to do sneak attack. And we justified it because Trixie is technically an employee of Hanks, who's right, rogue. Right. So you would have taught me those things. So everybody out there yeah. in the world listening to this, they probably think I'm the easiest DM in the world. No. Okay. No. No, you have to have a damn good explanation for what you're doing and what you want to do and what you're bringing to the table. And well, if we can do it, there's going to be an the bad NPC guys can out do it there too. that can do it. Yeah, well, right. The other thing with feats, you were bringing up earlier, you would allow a wizard fighter combo to yes. wear plate and cast. 100%. Say it's in a different person's game, they could take a feat. That's right. There is definitely a homebrew feat. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to know what the name is. Out there, that you can you them. can wear whatever you want: light, medium, heavy right. armor, right. and cast. It's mm-hmm. like a war caster. Yep. And so that's another way. If you want to make that, that's going to what it's going. Your character is going to lose a feat or use a feat to be able to do that cool yep. thing you want to right. do. And that's a good way to to make it work in your game, but also make them make that choice: Do I really want to do this? If you're a good enough DM. You can hand your characters almost anything. Like books that they can keep reading over and over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. But still doesn't make them any nastier. Yeah. 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 And then you take could, them away. You could hand your characters pretty much anything and still make it a fun and challenging game. Right. And maybe you're not at that level of DM yet. Keep working. Get that good. Yeah, just which what I do. Listen to shows like this. Right. No, no. It's, <laughs> do it's your research on do the your internet. Research. Yeah, the internet. Get inspiration. Talk to other DMs. Right. There's a huge community now. If you're a crappy DM or if you're not comfortable in your skill set, uh, you can get better. And if you need help, if you need if you need to find people to help you get better, reach out to me. I'm all over the internet. Me too. Yeah. If you find me, find me on Facebook. You, I will always answer a question. We will answer questions. We'll point you in the right direction right. of people who can answer questions. Listen to podcasts like this one. Listen, yeah. This is a great resource. <laughs> <laughs> if we do say ourselves, so ourselves, yes. Or even if this isn't your cup of tea, yeah, screw you. There's, plenty of, there's <laughs> plenty of videos. There's plenty of videos online. Yeah. And also anything you can type in my characters are going to defeat my puzzle just in google search yeah dungeons and dragons 5e and you'll you'll get all kinds of conversation about other people that have had been in the same situation as you and and that being said too i mean matt mercer i've seen his stuff he is an excellent dm he is fantastic well he should be good but that doesn't mean you're not right and that doesn't mean you don't have the potential to be a fantastic dm if you're not there yet Get better. Work and what, hard. And what Lisa brought up earlier, Reddit. Yes. If you can't find your answer, throw it out on Reddit. one of the D&D Reddit wow. things. Yeah. You yeah. will have yeah. 10 answers in 24 hours. Yeah. And there's so many subreddits for Dungeons & Dragons. And some of them are very serious and some of them are very funny. But it's just an amazing resource. Usually when I Google something for my character, the top Google searches some sort of Reddit question post yep so yeah excellent resource all right well i think that's about all the time we have for this episode uh thank you for listening to roll with the party we really went over a lot of game mechanic stuff in this episode i like it unintentionally yeah it all kind of worked out it really flowed well together at least i think so and if you don't then you're wrong and please please if you have any ideas anything you want us to to talk about anything you want to hear please let us know you have all kinds of forums and ways to get to us 
find us and let us know. Bakerygamingcrew at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit me up at bakerycrewken on Twitter. Uh, those are probably the two best ways to get a hold of us. All right, with that, we're signing off. I'm Ken. I'm Mike. I'm Jeff. I'm Lisa. And thank you for listening to Roll With The Party with the Bakery Crew. Yes.